1: China's Shandong Aircraft Carrier transited the Taiwan Strait on Saturday. It was its third passage through waters near Taiwan in the past two months. One observer said the vessel may have been on its way to get annual maintenance work done and that the carrier is less of a threat to Taiwan than China's newest carrier, the Fujian. He added that China's growing number of carriers is making it more capable to strike Taiwan from the east, which authorities should better prepare for.
0: A three-vessel carrier group led by a Chinese aircraft carrier, the Shandong, transited the Taiwan Strait at noon on the 27th. The vessels moved along the western side of the strait's median line toward the northeast. The military used the aircraft, vessels and coastal systems to closely monitor the carrier group and to stay updated on the situation around the strait. If it was not for a drill, then it was most likely for annual maintenance. Especially judging from the movements of the Shandong over the past two years, maintenance is the most likely explanation. Shandong also has been found to be carrying a large number of drones, and it could be that the PLA is taking this opportunity to perform maintenance on them it will also most likely perform hardware modifications on them. The Liaoning and Shandong aircraft carriers are used more for exercises, while the bigger threat is China's regular service Fujian carrier. China is expected to conduct nearshore tests with the Fujian before next year and then carry out exercises with it out at sea.
1: The observer says that as the number of China's aircraft carriers increases, The threat to Taiwan is also growing, and that includes Taiwan's east coast. Taiwan must devise measures to respond to that growing threat, he says. With the presidential election coming up next year, Beijing is making moves to influence public sentiments in Taiwan. China's Taiwan Affairs Office had planned to hold a cross-strait media summit this month, inviting 30 media outlets in Taiwan to attend. However, the TAO was unable to generate any interest in the summit and was forced to reschedule the event. Despite that, one pundit said that China was unlikely to abandon its resolve to interfere in the 2024 presidential election. Meanwhile, Premier Chen Jianren delivered a stern warning to Beijing, saying that Taiwan's media are driven by professionalism and press freedom.
0: At a meeting of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference in March, head of the advisory body Wang Huming reiterated several times the goal of the great rejuvenation of the Chinese people.
1: At the 20th National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party, a plan has been drawn up for the comprehensive development of a powerful, modern socialist nation. Through the advancement of Chinese-style modernization, a grand blueprint for the great rejuvenation of the Chinese people has been laid out, sounding the horn on the start of a new journey of the times.
0: Wang's speech also mentioned unification with Taiwan, which is understood to be a central part of that goal. Now, two months later, Wang is taking aim at Taiwanese media, but has so far been failing in this effort. China's Taiwan Affairs Office had scheduled to hold its fifth cross-strait Media Summit from Wednesday to Saturday last week, and had originally planned to invite executives from 30 Taiwanese media companies to attend. Wang was to attend the summit in person and tasked organizers with facilitating a discussion on a Taiwanese version of the One Country, Two Systems framework. Organizers were also told to sing the praises of the Chinese economy in a bid to attract Taiwanese investors. However, few signed up for the summit. The reason may be rooted in events that occurred four years earlier.
1: The Taiwanese authorities cannot even guarantee what will happen in two years. Now there are Taiwanese separatists betting on the Americans. Will the Americans fight against China over Taiwan? If they do fight, will they win? Uninterested
0: in indoctrination and also focused on Taiwan's upcoming election, Taiwanese media companies opted out of the Chinese summit. The TAO was forced to put off the event and shift focus toward media marketing. It sought out smaller media companies, local radio stations and newer online news outlets to participate.
1: During President Tsai Ing-wen's first and second term elections, and now ahead of next year's presidential election, China has used the same approach throughout. It uses money and disinformation campaigns to interfere in Taiwan's elections. China is not going to abandon its resolve to interfere in Taiwan's elections.
2: We are uh...
1: Don't engage in any malicious activity aimed at disturbing peace and stability in Taiwan. Taiwan's media will insist on press freedom and professionalism. It won't become a tool of China's vicious acts of suppression or of its united front efforts.
0: China's attempt at influencing Taiwanese media under the guise of democratic discussion has failed. But with elections coming up, it is more important than ever to remain vigilant.
1: American think tank researcher Bonnie Glaser has come out to set the record straight. She had recently said that China's leadership is not familiar with Hoyo-i, the KMT's nominee for next year's presidential election, and is more inclined to support Taiwan People's Party nominee Ke Wenze, who has met with Chinese politicians. Those remarks were later interpreted by Ke as Glaser agreeing with him that he is the best person to communicate with both China and the U.S. Some media outlets also reported that Glacer leaned towards support for Ke in the presidential election. However, Glaser has come out to tell CNA that she did not allude to Ke being best able to communicate with China and that she meant that since China had contact with Ke while he was Taipei mayor, Beijing was more familiar with him. She also tweeted that there was a deliberate twisting of her words and that Ke is dishonest. The former Taipei mayor shot back, saying that Glaser was flustered and was hiding her actual stance. How secure is data on your phone? Maybe you've wondered whether your phone is spying on you after ads popped up that were suspiciously related to your recent conversations. A new report from a global VPN company has shown that our phones are indeed spying on us. Some apps use the microphone in the background to listen to users and then base advertising on that data. We spoke to a data security expert for tips on how to improve the privacy settings on your devices.
2: You just finished saying you want to visit Japan. Just a few minutes later, adverts for travel agencies start popping up on your phone or computer. Experts say that your phone might indeed be spying on you.
3: The cybersecurity from NordVPN has shown that phones' microphones are monitoring users' conversations and supplying data from microphones to software platforms, which then show commercials based on those conversations.
1: (laughs)
2: You can go to your privacy setting and turn off the rights for the camera, the browsing history, or even the microphone. That means it won't let that app use that function. That could be an effective way to protect yourself against being bugged.
3: On Apple devices, you can turn off the microphone and settings. On Android, you can limit apps in the privacy settings tab or turn on access to the mic. On a desktop computer, you can cover the camera with a piece of paper to prevent apps using it.
2: You should regularly check your computer for viruses to prevent malicious software or hackers from installing malicious apps on your computer. Normal companies shouldn't be listening to your data for no good reason. As much as possible, avoid risky brands. That's another strategy, of course.
3: This data security expert says that it is technically difficult for most companies to tap your mic constantly. But if you want to be sure, it's worth doing a check on your privacy settings and choosing the options that are most secure.
1: A new beauty trend is gaining fans, the Vietnamese hair salon. Taipei's first Vietnamese hair salon is getting brisk business with its offer of a range of beauty and spa treatments all packed into an appointment of 90 minutes. Customers say their deluxe package leaves them feeling totally pampered. Could this become the new normal? Let's take a look.
3: A customer sits in a golden armchair and soaks her feet in bubbles. The beautician gives her calves an expert massage. At a Vietnamese hair salon, there's a whole range of services alongside a haircut. She exfoliates and massages the customer's facial acupuncture points, cleans her ears, clips her finger and toenails, and leaves her feeling pampered head to toe. Even this Korean exchange student is here to try it out.
2: Very comfortable.
3: After the full-body massage, it's time for the main event. The massage chair transforms into a hair salon station. The customer has a scalp treatment, a hair wash, and a neck hydrotherapy treatment.
2: This is very popular in Vietnam. Customers can lie down to enjoy their shampoo. I learned some of this in Vietnam and some later after I came to Taiwan
3: all the employees here are from Vietnam. They're bringing authentic Vietnamese beauty treatments to Taiwan. A full session lasts about 90 minutes, and everyone is welcome, regardless of age or gender.
2: The facial spa, the hair wash, and some bits of the massage were really great. My friend keeps telling me how good it is, how nice it feels. They have face masks. It sounded good, so I'm here to give it a try.
3: This salon in Taipei has been running for more than a year now and is fully booked up. The company is looking to expand to more locations across Taiwan and could change the face of the beauty industry.
1: With a market value expected to reach 80 trillion U.S. dollars by 2030, AI has been sweeping the globe. Jensen Huang, CEO and founder of AI supplier NVIDIA, is at the forefront of that wave. Over the weekend, Huang spoke at the commencement of National Taiwan University, where he encouraged graduates to seize the unprecedented opportunities that AI will present. Huang is also slated to speak at the opening keynote at Computex on Monday. Organizers say that over 5,000 people have registered for the event.
0: This billboard displays the pictures of all the keynote speakers at Computex. The person on the far left is Jensen Huang, CEO of NVIDIA, whose net worth reached 34 billion U.S. dollars, after his company's shares skyrocketed by 24 percent last week. He is now a sensation. Computex organizer, the Taiwan External Trade Development Council, reopened registration over the weekend for Huang's keynote. Now, more than 5,000 people will have the chance to listen to the billionaire live.
1: Computex will be held on the 30th at the Nangang Exhibition Center. In addition to Asus, Honghai and nearly a thousand tech companies will be present. The man of the hour, Jensen Huang, who's been dubbed the godfather of AI, will deliver a keynote speech at Exhibition Center 2 on the 29th. His talk will focus on the ever-popular topic of AI and smart technology, and spots are already filled up.
3: Within the next decade,
4: Our industry will replace over a trillion dollars of the world's traditional computers with new accelerated
0: AI computers." A day earlier, Huang spoke at National Taiwan University's commencement, telling the graduating students that they were at the beginning of a major technology era and encouraging them to seize the unprecedented opportunities that AI will present. Indeed, with the advent of ChatGPT and with the AI theme, prices of technology stocks such as Microsoft, Facebook parent company Meta, and Google have skyrocketed. How to survive in the face of the AI onslaught has become a major test for various industries.
1: NVIDIA's GPU A100 and H100 have been receiving a lot of orders, and the indirect beneficiary is TSMC.
0: Even by 2030,
1: AI chips will only make up no more than 15% of the entire chip market. Despite the fact that everyone is optimistic about the AI industry and everyone is talking about AI, in the long run, the sector's space of growth is quite limited.
0: With the market value you expect it to reach 80 trillion US dollars by 2030, AI continues to affect the global economy. While experts hold varying views on the burgeoning industry, they agree that learning to coexist with AI is a must so as to
1: avoid becoming obsolete. Today, we take you to meet Johnny Nielsen, the founder of a nonprofit football club in Taipei called the FC Vikings. He and his wife Hope founded the club in 2010 to make football more accessible. Over the 13 years, they have provided free football training for elementary students all the way up to adults. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the story.
4: So, this is the result. Uh, For 13 years of hard work
5: with Vikings. Walking up the staircase, he lists the trophies and medals accumulated over 13 years. This is Johnny Nielsen, founder of the FC Vikings. He says this trophy in particular is one of his proudest achievements.
4: This is the newest uh, trophy we won in in our team. Uh, This is Susan university that won this trophy. Uh, I'm very proud of this one. Uh, The school is proud of it. Also, the students are proud of it because this means that we move up to the first first division in the university league."
5: For the past 13 years, Nielsen has made it his mission to share his passion for football in Taiwan, 5,000 miles away from his home in Denmark. Nielsen has played football since he was young. He's even a European Football Federation licensed coach. After he met his Taiwanese wife Hope, the couple moved to Taiwan in 2009. In 2010, they launched a club that provides free training for football talent from elementary school all the way to adulthood.
4: I, I try to, to do the way I've been taught when I was uh, playing and I was coaching in Denmark so I do things a little bit different. Uh, we are more like a football club based in, in Taiwan and, and we, we play for schools instead because I believe education is very important for, uh, for young people all the way down from uh, what's it called kindergarten it's called kindergarten all the way down from kindergarten to elementary school to junior high school senior high school to university and now we have professional team uh, so we, we do training after school we uh, we just started a professional team so now uh, FC Vikings play one is our professional team uh, so our goal is to uh, to move off from first, from second division up to uh, to first division and complete our um, AFC clock uh, qualification uh, so if we make it up to, to one of the best teams in Taiwan, then we, we get the chance to play a
2: board. In years has been uh, some, a lot of up and downs, and we are actually looking forward to a like, lot society. Can, we need to learn. We are building a brand new system here. And uh, it's something never existed in Taiwan before, so we need to try to figure out a lot of things. <laughs>
5: In 2023, they launched a professional adult team called Vikings Play One, composed of locals, students from Shixing University and players from abroad. One player in the team is Mitchell Carter, a New Zealander who grew up in Taiwan. After attending university in New Zealand and playing for several teams semi-professionally in New Zealand and Qatar, he's now back in Taiwan to play for the Vikings Play One.
6: I'm currently a middle school PE and health teacher at Taipei American School, um, and obviously one of my favorite hobbies is playing football. Um, so really happy to be playing for Vikings Play One this year um, and. Have obviously played a little football in my past, so um, yeah, just really happy to be in a place and in an awesome country as, as Taiwan is. For, for me, as the goal is in terms of the team, and that's making sure we are in the top two. And if we can win the whole thing this year for, for Division Two, that would be fantastic.
5: After teaching at school, Carter trains with the team three times a week on the field.
6: Nice one, Mitchy.
5: And at least one time a week in the
6: gym. I train three to four times a week on grass. Um, we have got we do a lot of tactics, we do a lot of technical work. Um, obviously, Coach loves us to be in, in peak physical conditions, so a lot of uh, shuttle runs and et cetera, and a lot of ball work. So in terms of what we do in training, it's a lot of mixture between um, drills, exercises, gameplay. It's a relatively new team. Um, it's the first year they've had a senior team. So um, there's been a lot of new recruits, but also some... Um, Some young guys coming through but in terms of quality it's been one of the probably some of the best players and teams I've played with since I've been here um, in Taiwan and, and playing for a while here I've seen the quality and the level and um, definitely, this team is, has a really high level and potential is even to grow further as we as we progress and develop under our coach.
5: Making football more accessible is one of Nielsen's main goals. He also hopes to provide talented players a chance to train and compete without having to choose between sport and study or sport and their full-time jobs. He says the past thirteen years building up the club have not been easy especially raising funds as the team provides free training and covers travel expenses for its players
4: so we we did a lot of tra- uh, a lot of traveling before covid uh but, you know, uh, traveling on a football team is quite expensive. So we we, are, we go out and ask for sponsorship. Uh, the family that can afford it, they, they will help up with uh, with tickets for their own kids. Um, so we very much rely on on sponsors to uh, to keep this going. I believe that, you know, football should be for everybody. So it doesn't really matter if you're rich or poor, you should be still be able to play football. And for me, once you, you put on your uniform and it has a name, then everybody's equal. Uh, it's a giving system. It's helping helping a lot of people. So, so why not? Why not do it for free?
2: True. Vikings? we can let people understand the football and Taiwan is open to the world. And Taiwanese actually care.
5: Nielsen hopes the club will continue to provide talented players with high-quality training and the chance to shine in Taiwan and internationally. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lee Hen in Taipei.
1: And now an update on Typhoon Mawar. According to the Central Weather Bureau, the storm, currently located southeast of Taiwan, has slowed down and turned in a west-northwest direction. It's also lost a bit of strength, having been downgraded from a super typhoon to a regular typhoon. Its effects will be felt the most from Tuesday to Thursday with the heaviest rains to occur in Yilan and Hualien. Sea warnings will likely be issued after noon on Monday. Let's get the details from the Central Weather
0: Bureau. From Tuesday to Thursday, under the influence of the northerly and northeasterly winds in the periphery of the storm, northern Taiwan and the eastern half of the island will have the highest chance of rainfall. As the wind direction changes, we can see that the rainfall in northern Taiwan will be even more pronounced on Friday than that of Tuesday and Thursday. The probability of issuing a land warning is quite small, but we can see that its path has been changing constantly in the last few days, and we will continue to monitor it.
1: As Typhoon Mawar approaches, visitors on Green Island began to make their way back to Taidong City early Sunday morning. The ferry service had to be suspended Sunday afternoon. Likewise, Hualien-based whale-watching tours were also suspended Sunday afternoon. According to the CWB, intermittent rain will begin on Monday in northern Taiwan, with the heaviest rain to occur in Yilan and Hualien on Thursday.